Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews Mayem Vega, a naturopathic herbalist. They discuss her own healing journey and what led her to become an herbalist and how natural herbs can help others. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Mayim Vega. She is a naturopathic herbalist, herbalist and a holistic life coach. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And yes. it's an honor to be here. Thank you for doing what you do in educating the public on holistic health and wellness. Thank you. Yes, I, I really try to get um, all around health because I think it's so important to have all facets of the health and wellness into your life. It's not just about exercise. It's not just about diet. It's not just about the mental aspect. It's really about how you can treat yourself in all different ways to have the best and be the best you can possibly be. So I appreciate what you do. And um how you treat things naturally and holistically. And I really love the holistic aspect aspect of uh, um, just how to treat things. I have a naturopath here as well. I have a couple actually. Um, and I like the holistic approach of how I do training and exercise and just my approach to life is holistic as well. So what you do uh, as a naturopathic apathic herbalist is um is what can you explain that and how you use use that to help people sure um so i mean when you become an herbalist or some kind of holistic healer unless you're a medical doctor you're not allowed to diagnose prescribe and, and treat for disease so um there there are different routes that you can still take you can do consultations, but you have to be very careful about the wording, you know, the way that you that you talk to people. Um, you can also do like you can make your own herbs and formulas and, and sell it on the market um, and whatnot. Um, and then another way is the online, um, I call it the health coaching model, which is and it could it can be one on one, but I, I prefer not I prefer to not do it the one on one way. What I prefer to do is create an educational program um, for my for my students and clients, and then have them go through that, and then be there to support them um, as they learn. And so it's really it's it's an educational model and a support model, um, and then I'm also there for you know answering questions. And um, sometimes people, you know, really the answers to holistic health and healing they're already there. They're everywhere. This is the age of information. But sometimes people need a person to help them guide them through it. And what the reason, one of the reasons why I like the health coaching model, which is educational and also the support um, portion of it, is because, you know, when you go to a doctor, even if he's a naturopath um, or a homeopath or whatever, usually what people expect is that they go to this health professional and the health professional gives them one herb or one pill or one whatever, and then they're healed. And that is not holistic. Even if, even if it's a naturopath or an herbalist or a homeopath that you're going to, 
If you expect to be healthy and well from one thing, that is not holistic. Holistic is when you incorporate everything that you need in order to be healthy. This includes diet and lifestyle. And it could, you know, it could include herbs. It includes exercise. It includes, you know, being out in nature like we were meant to be getting proper sunshine, getting enough rest and, you know, all these things. And so because there's so many things involved in true, holistic, complete healing, because of that, um, I believe that it, it, it requires um, education. And the only reason why it requires education is because we have been so um, detached from the way that our ancestors have lived. Like they didn't need education on how to be healthy. It was, it just, it was just second nature to them or first nature to them. You know, They just, they, they gardened, they hunted, they whatever. And so they didn't need these, these they didn't need to be <laughs> retrained. Into it was what very simplistic. Their life was very simple. You know, they didn't have all the distractions of processed foods and cars and television. And it was just a very simple lifestyle that our ancestors did live. Yes. Yeah. And they were attached to nature and the earth and um, the stresses of life weren't the same as what we have right now. It's like, we seem to have everything quote unquote, but yet we're so, we're still sick. And it's funny because the things that are very major money makers in modern medicine today, they're actually, they're actually curable. <laughs> they're actually avoidable, like heart disease and cancer and diabetes. Um, they don't have to be, they don't have to exist. They only exist because of our modern lifestyle, really, truly. And they are some of the number one killers in the world. <clears throat> preventable, preventable. Yeah, very preventable. Yeah. And when people say that, you know, when the, the medical establishment, when they say that there's no cure for this or there's no cure for that, what that really means is that there's not a patented cure that we can give you that is profitable enough for us to say that this is the cure. That's the real, that's what that really means. There's, there's lots of cures for cancer, for example, um, even for diabetes, you know, um, just whatever. So yes. I, I don't know. I, don't, I forgot the original question. <laughs> I don't know if I went off on a tangent there. It is okay. Uh, that is totally fine. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit more about you, um, you and your history. So you, you were an engineer for NASA Ames and um, you left that and now became a, an, an herbalist and a holistic life coach. So why did you change careers? What, what prompted that and brought you into this new uh, career, career choice? Well, um, because basically my, my, my education and my career did not adequately prepare me to raise a family. And I'm, I'm very, um, very idealistic and I want the best. And I don't like answers like there is no answer or you just have to take this drug all your life or, you know, I, those don't make sense to me. If it doesn't make sense to me, mm -hmm. um, I, I can't accept it. And the reason why I like to tell people that, you know, I used to work for NASA is because there's a stigma that people who, who are holistic minded and they believe in herbs and nutrition and, and they don't do, you know, big pharma stuff there's this misconception that they are anti-science, that they are just quacks and that they're not- or hippies or tree huggers or just not into anything. Science. Yeah. And and, uh, and and reason, 
and you know rationality and stuff like that where that that couldn't be further from the truth in my opinion um usually actually people that um, are holistic um statistically they actually have higher income higher education um you know than than people who are not and i'm not just saying higher education in the field of holistic health i'm just i'm saying even like in any field oftentimes the people that are holistic they um they're not stupid you know no one's gonna go right. against the modern medical establishment and 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 they're and they're they're weak-minded and they're weak-willed and stuff like that you really have to be a strong person and think for yourself to um to dare to do these kinds of things you know yeah and there um, i mean to, and that's not to say that there aren't things that we do need modern medicine for i mean we absolutely need insulin for type 1 diabetes we absolutely need certain medicines for certain ailments there are things that are necessary you know it is it is that we do need modern medicine to treat certain things but being holistic doesn't mean it is anti everything it means that we treat things all around that you you're looking at the whole picture and not just oh you have heart disease well why does this person have heart disease and how can you go down the line and treat this person with diet exercise mentally physically with herbs with whatever it is to give this person a better life all around not just giving them just a pill and saying be on your way good luck you know it's it is it's it's the big picture it's the big picture of it all and not just not just the pharmaceuticals because there are there are pharmaceuticals that are necessary to keep people alive it is, so it's not to say that that is is not is not necessary um but so well, there is a there is a, a yeah and the, i think part of the problem is though that medical schools only teach that part they only teach the um emergency i call it emergency kind of intervention part um, whereas they don't teach the, the, the educational part on how to be healthy. Um, and when a doctor is holistic, it means they have gone to a very special school. There's only like two schools to, where you can train that I know of to be, um, to be a naturopathic doctor, medical doctor. Um, one's in Canada and one's in Oregon. Um, but and every, every other doctor who is holistic, it's because they've done their own uh, my lighting just changed. It's because they've done their own studies. They've done extra studies beyond just medical school. Um, and so I think it's great for emergency care. Like, you know, if we get into a car accident or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I'm going to the emergency room to, sure. to get that taken care of. But for chronic diseases, um, the, the medication that a doctor prescribes, it should only be step one. I believe it should be step one. And I believe also the goal should be to eventually get off it if possible. And many times it's possible, but a lot of medical doctors don't know how to do that, how to accomplish that. And sometimes, a lot of times also, they don't, um, they don't give their, 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 their uh, patients enough credit and they think, oh, they're too lazy. They're too lazy to eat <laughs> right. Even if they do know what, what is healthy, they're like, or they're like, oh, I don't have time to do that. You know, and a lot of times it's the way that the modern medical system is run where it's like they're just rushing doctors to see as many patients as they can. And, and you know, I have some, um, I have um, some, actually some 
clients that uh, were doctors in a third world country. And what they said that is when they were doctors there, that patient care was not so rushed. You know, you could, you could talk to the patient, you could get to know him. They said you could smell them, you know, you could examine them, you could really get to know them as a person. And that is like, that was a huge part of, you know, helping them to recover, not just prescribing them a drug. And also in those third world countries, it wasn't so frowned down, frowned upon to recommend herbs or, um, you know, certain foods for healing. Which have been um, around for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. And I, and also they say that it's more like that in, in those third world countries because they don't, they can't afford um, the pharmaceutical medication. So mm-hmm. for them, it's like, there's no choice. Even if I wanted to give them a pharmaceutical drug, we don't even have access to it. Or if we have access to it, they can't afford it. So it's, it's very different. So I have Hashimoto's and my experience, because what in my experience, doctors, medical doctors, they don't A, look at the root cause and B, treat the patient. They treat the disease. They treat symptoms only. Of symptoms. The yes, symptoms yeah. of the disease. Yes, you're correct. And when I first got diagnosed, I was I I had my thyroid tested twice. My thyroid function was fine. It was within range, which which thyroid function has a very wide range. So some people can function fine at a on, on the lower side, some people can function fine on the higher side, and some people function better right in the middle range, but it, it's a very wide, wide range for people. So I had my thyroid tested twice and I felt terrible. I was sleeping 16, 17 hours a day. I could not keep my eyes open. I had terrible brain fog. I had uh, hyperglycemia. I was, I would get sick, like ill if I did not eat immediately. Like if I, if my blood sugar dropped, I had to eat right then and there. It didn't matter what it was. If it was a piece of bread or if it was a cracker, I had to eat or I felt like I was going to pass out and vomit. I just had such terrible symptoms. And it finally got to the point where I was stopped at a stop sign and there was a car in front of me and they were making a left-hand turn and I was making a right-hand turn and I just went and I rammed my car right into them. No reason at all. I knew they were there and I knew they were turning left and I was, my thought was in my head to go between them and turn right, but I didn't. I just went right into them. And at that point, I knew that something was really, really wrong. Something's wrong. This is not right. I'm not, I'm not, this is not normal. So at that point, I did go to um, a naturopath and she did test my antibodies and I did find out that I had Hashimoto's. So I was sent to an endocrinologist who at that point put me on Synthroid or a levothyroxine. And immediately I felt better. I was on it for mm, six months, stopped feeling better. He adjusted my, my, my levels and, you know, six months later, not feeling better. I'd lost weight, but I was still up about 40, 30 pounds, 
from where I was. And this, at this point, I mean, I'm a personal trainer. I teach spin classes. I teach body, total body tone classes. I hike two times a week. I'm on my feet at, at the time I was also bartending and serving. So I was on my feet every day. I should not have been gaining weight <laughs> because I was very, very active. And, you know, I say to the doctor, you know, I'm still gaining weight. I'm still not feeling well, like this isn't normal. And, and he said, you, you know, some of my patients say that exercise helps. You don't know me at all. You don't know anything about me. I exercise eight hours at least a week, but you're telling me to exercise when I can barely keep my eyes open to get out of bed. No. So I stopped seeing him go see another endocrinologist. Two visits, I go to this one. First visit, I, I had, they had added um, liothyronine to that um, to convert my T3s to T4 or T4 to T3. And uh, at that point, I started feeling a little bit better, but still not there. And then uh, I just, I wasn't feeling, but this is years now. I'm I'm about three and a half years into it, and I told my my um, my GP that I I was like I just don't I don't want to be on Synthroid anymore. Can we go to Armor or Nature Throat or something different? Absolutely, we'll try whatever you want. So we switched. So I go to this new endocrinologist. He says I want to get you off Armor. I want to put you on Synthroid. I said absolutely not. I felt sick for three years. Absolutely not. I finally feel somewhat normal, somewhat normal. And he said, well, we can control it better. I said, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. Well, I guess, you know, okay, we'll try it. We'll, we'll test, we'll test this. We'll do that. So I, you know, I'm looking at my labs and I said, you didn't test my antibodies. Oh, we don't need to do that. They're always going to be high. Okay. So you're telling me I'm always going to be sick. There's no, there's nothing I can do about this. There's nothing that can change this. Yep. Okay. Second visit. From the moment I walk into the, to the office. Went back? You went for a second. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I walked into the office. I paid. I saw the doctor. I walked out 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Sitting in the paid sat in the waiting room and saw the doctor in less than 15 minutes. And I went out into my car and I cried and I said, I can't do this anymore. And that's when I said, I will not, I'm not doing this. So not to say that all endocrinologists do that, not to say that all medical doctors do that, but this was my experience is that you are not treating me as a person. You are not treating my disease as a whole. You are trying to shove pills down my throat and tell me that this is how it is and that's it. But it's not, it's not. And since then, this has been, God, eight years, I have completely changed, you know, my diet's different. And there are definitely ups and downs for sure, but, I can tell you for certain that there are other options. There are other options. And that was not the one for me, <laughs> for sure. So what, can you tell me 
in general, what what the the diet changes were that you made that you felt um... so. I I really at first I had tried a couple different things. I did the autoimmune protocol. Um, I really didn't feel much with that. Uh, I did completely gluten free. I really didn't change a lot with that either. I actually gained weight when I was completely gluten free. Um, but what made the biggest difference for me is we cook mostly at home. We don't eat out. We don't really eat processed food hardly at all, if ever. Um, I still eat gluten, which I get yelled at often about by, to, by my doctors, but, but I don't, it, for me, it doesn't, I don't feel affected by it. I don't feel you know, any symptoms from it. And even if, even in the long term, I, when I cut it out completely, it didn't change how I felt after six months, after eight months. And I know that other people it does, and it makes a huge difference. So my inflammation hadn't changed. My brain fog hadn't changed. So for me, it was just, it was just not eating out. It was eating at home. I mean, we eat most meals at home. I eat gluten-free as much as possible. I still have the occasional bread here and there. Um, if we do eat pasta, we eat the gluten-free pastas. Um, and yeah, just trying to eat as clean as possible. I don't drink really. I, I do, but not often, you know, maybe a glass of wine or two here and there. Uh, and my exercise has changed. For me, it was I used to be very um, kind of more hardcore with my exercise and now I'm more um, Pilates light resistance. I can't run. I can't do like my spin classes anymore. It's just, it's too inflammatory. So that had to change for me and that's made all the difference in the world. So building that lean muscle mass and that strength has really changed my body and changed my brain fog, changed my inflammation a lot. And the flexibility too has made a huge difference. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome testimony. And um, it's, it's very similar to mine and, and why I became a naturopathic herbalist. And I bet that, so was this podcast birthed out of that experience? It was actually, wow. yeah. Uh, I wanted to kind of bring more information to people to know that you didn't have to just take one opinion or take one um, one thing as gold, one nugget of information, because so many people have stories. I wanted to share everybody's stories, you know, stories of mental health, stories of abuse, stories of financial because you know people in finances are cause stress and what stress causes to the body can cause inflammation and inflammation causes disease so there's so many things that cause our bodies to get sick that yeah. we don't even realize so that's mm -hmm. that's what i wanted to bring to people was information and yeah. and that we all share something similar whether it's a similar illness or a similar uh, mental thing or or uh, some sort of abuse or history with alcoholism, whether it's us or our family or or some sort of story we have, someone else has been through, you know? 
You know, it's funny is um, very oftentimes when when I'm when I'm creating a coaching program for someone um, or I'm talking to someone about, you know, whatever it is, I don't even have to know, like, necessarily what I don't I don't diagnose people, you know, if they tell me they have something, I'll take their word for it. Right. But I don't even have to know the diagnosis. If they just, you know, tell me something. And especially in terms of what their habits are, you know, what they do, um, that's usually enough to give them something. Because I like to I like to talk about how the cure for almost everything is the same, and which is basically to to become healthy. And um, you know, uh, I've known uh, several people who have had Hashimoto's disease, and and for example, um, one lady she was a lifelong vegan. And so what she really needed was she needed to start eating meat. Um, and when she started doing that, that was the only thing that really helped her to improve. Just like your story, she, um, she didn't, um, she didn't, uh, she was, she's pretty healthy. She didn't, she didn't eat out. She was the kind of person that would make her own food. But the thing that was lacking in her diet was, was, was basically meat. Yeah. She was a lifelong vegan. She was even a, she's very healthy like you. She was a, uh, a health counselor at a, uh, a holistic clinic, you mm-hmm. know, just like, you know, you were also in the health field, but there was something about her dietary um, theories and beliefs that were not serving her, herself. Um, and then um, there was another, there's another lady that, um, that came to me and she had, um, she had, uh, she was bleeding from, from her, from her uterus Um she said every time, you know, her and her husband would have sex, when he pulled out, it just blood would come out. I, did, I didn't need to know what was going on. I knew her and I knew her lifestyle. And I knew the things, I knew what she knew as well. You know, I, I, I had known her for a long time. And I simply said, I simply said, um, you know, anyone can benefit from a, um, from a raw food fast and juicing. Now that's not necessarily true. Uh, there's some people that really don't need a raw food fast, you know, if they have gut issues and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I, I knew her mm-hmm. and I knew that that was something that I could give her that she would accept and that she would go with and that she understood because she, uh, you know, we had already been talking about the benefits of raw and juicing and stuff like that. And I didn't need to know what was going on with her. I just needed to know, you know, what can she do for herself that will improve her health what is she willing to do? What can she do? And this was it. And for some people, um, you know, like you were saying, you know, I do fine with gluten, you know, for some people um, going raw food, vegan juicing is not what they need. Sometimes some people, they need to go carnivore, right. you know, that's, you know, another client that I had, she was also, she was vegan. She had these acne issues and she's trying to eat as clean as possible also, but vegan and mostly raw. And it wasn't until she started eating meat that her health and her skin and everything like that started improving. Now, I do believe that there's a common thread with this, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not certain, but I believe that the common thread is, is gut health still. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, and of course, processed foods and eating out will, 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 will be detrimental to that. Gluten can be detrimental, but that's not the only thing. And eating a lot of raw and, 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 you know, vegan and not getting enough collagen from animal products will mess up your gut, which is probably why the vegan 
um, lady had Hashimoto's, you know, so there's, there's a lot to say there. Um, and, and all, you know, when you, when you juice, when you do raw foods, you can get a lot of the enzymes. So there's still a, like a common thread, I believe, with, with gut health. Um, but in order to restore that balance, sometimes different people need different things depending on what they've been lacking all their lives. And sometimes, you know, people are against the carnivore diet because they're like, well, don't, you know, uh, I experienced healing at one point in my life by going vegan raw. Well, but, you know, that was one extreme. And then, you know, walking towards that other extreme may have healed you, but now you may be on this other extreme and you might have to start walking to the other extreme and then maybe eventually balance, balance out. out in the end to where, right. you know, doorbell, sorry, <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> to where you're really completely, completely um, holistic and, and balanced and whole. Absolutely. So you actually have a, uh, a mini course that you have on your website that, uh, that you created. Can you tell me a little bit about that, what it is and what it entails? Yeah, um, so the free mini course is just kind of like an introduction into my world and um, you know, what I believe and, and how, um, how I treat or how we treat ourselves. And really, it's not like, I, you know, I don't treat people, I just educate them and it's up to them to unlock their inner healer. And I think in order to do that, you have to have both knowledge and confidence. Not, and so I provide the knowledge, I provide a lot of you know, holistic uh, remedies for various issues. Um, and then the confidence hopefully will come from, from understanding my experience and, and the experience of people like you. And this is why it's important for people like you and I to be telling our story is so that people will have not just the not just the knowledge because knowledge doesn't motivate doesn't inspire that's right. part of what a coach does you you are a health coach you know you coach people you inspire people you encourage people to get healthy and you might not use that title but that's what you do you know yeah. um so that so it, it's basically you know my story and um some home remedies for common things and sometimes when people have requests for for various um issues i'll include that um, in the mix, I'm constantly making, you know, different videos on home remedies for, for various issues. Um, so yeah, so that's the, that's the free mini course. And, um, we also have, uh, you know, our certification program and that certification in nat naturopathic herbalism and health coaching. And the reason why, um, you know, it's both it's, it's naturopathic herbalism and health coaching. The reason why I market it as health coaching is because that's like the buzz and everyone wants to be a health mm -hmm. coach. And I completely yeah. understand. And it's a good healing model. So it's a good model to deliver holistic health and healing information and encouragement and support. But I feel like most holistic health schools, and this is what, you know, people tell me also who, who come and are interested in my school. They, they are graduates of other health school, health coaching schools, but there's not confidence still because they don't go deep enough with um, with the holistic health and healing knowledge. And I think that's partly because they're learning a lot of theories, um, but they're not learning from the top experts. And they're also not learning, you know, I think some of the big ones are herbalism is, is just, it's just, it's an ancient healing, healing art. And I think anyone who is serious about healing, that has to be part of what they learn. And then there's also orthomolecular nutrition or, or megadose vitamin therapy. Um, and then there's also like the different diet theories like the carnivore diet and the vegan diet and, and the um, like a, a diet that's good for your gut health. 
there's a lot of different kinds and it's not good. Sometimes when you enter into a health coaching program, they teach you one theory, which is what happened when I first learned nutrition and herbalism. It was all about veganism. And that's not gonna be, it's not, holistic health is not about one size fits all. And it right. shouldn't be about this religious approach to, to health and healing and, and pushing, you know, uh, veganism or, or, or gluten-free. People should not be religious about anything, really, I don't think, when it comes to holistic health and healing. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You really have to um, understand who the person is and speak to their individual needs and their circumstances. You know, what do they do? What do they believe? And how can you um, help them, you know, balance that out with maybe something that you you have that you, that they don't have. I think we have to look back at people's ancestry as well, because if you look back, you know, hundreds of years to where your ancestors lived, you know, if you look at um, Alaska, those those people lived off of whale blubber and seals and meat, meat, meat. They didn't have fruits and vegetables. So you have a population of people that that really isn't going to do well with I mean, they won't do well with a vegan diet. They can't because their bodies evolutionary wise have developed have developed to be able to process meat. And if you look to, let's say, uh, Japan and China, you know, you have people for thousands of years who have been eating rice daily. And even in Central America, they eat rice and beans with every meal. So you have to look at what kind of ancestral diet people eat. So if you're trying to take, you know, me, who's Eastern European, a lot Eastern European, my dad is 99.999% Eastern European, you know, his, their diet was was fairly well-rounded. I mean, they had a lot of fruits and vegetables. They still ate meat. They had dairy. So you had this rounded meal. So if I cut out one or the other, for me, it doesn't do well. I eat a lot more vegetables than I do meat. So my meat portions are smaller. Um, I don't eat a ton of fruit. I tend to not do well with, I love fruit. I just don't I don't eat it a lot, but vegetables I seem to do well with, but I have to have that protein portion. So, you know, you have to look at what evolution has done to us as well. So you can't, you can't look at one size fits all. You can't, you can't just say a vegan diet is going to be good for every single person when really it's not. You can't say that one form of exercise is going to be good. You know, CrossFit isn't going to be great for someone who's 60 years old and has, you know, a fused vertebrae not going to be great. You can't say that running is good for someone who has bad knees and, you know, scoliosis. There's, there's so many different types of things that you can do and you have to look at the individual and treat the person, not treat the symptoms of whatever the disease is. And I am so, so passionate about that because because I've been through it myself and it's very, very frustrating. It's very hard and I, I cried a lot <laughs> to get to the point where I felt like a normal human being again. And, and as a 30 year old getting sick and going, 
how is this possible? I'm healthy. I exercise. I don't even understand how this could happen to me. And now I'm in, you know, was in that cycle of being sick and trying to figure out why and how to get better and what to do and being told that this is just your life now. It's unacceptable. I think it's unacceptable. And I think people need to know that there, there are, there are options and there are, there are ways to, to get better and be who you want to be and who you should be. And you don't have to just be keto or paleo or vegan or, or a crossfitter or, (laughs) or an orange theory person or a, or a marathon or a triathlete. They're, hundreds of options out there for you yeah yes and i think also um also though there are some things that that everyone regardless of the ancestry could benefit from one of them is getting enough sunshine all of our ancestors got some sunshine of course darker people need more um, but still also everyone really could benefit from reducing their processed foods just like you did you know anyone that doesn't mean that you know if you eat mcdonald's once a month or something you're gonna die or whatever or if you eat at a restaurant and you know splurge even once once a week or even twice a week you're not gonna you know that's not gonna be the end of the world either absolutely but but in general if you you know especially if it's a habit if it if that's what you rely on you would you would improve your health by by stopping that there was um, a dentist by um, by the name of Dr. Weston A. Price. Do you know Dr. Weston mm-hmm. A. Price? Yeah. Right. So he proved through his research that you know indigenous people they had excellent dental health. They didn't need to brush their teeth. They didn't need to floss. They didn't see dentists, and they had perfect teeth. And they they had no cavities. And you know it started declining when they started eating a Western diet of processed foods. That was the common thread. And he, and he researched different people in different, in different places of the world. So this wasn't, you know, this is a common thing. And also just getting enough water and some exercise, you know, people need some kind of exercise. Sure. Yeah. Even if you're in a wheelchair. Absolutely. People will need to hydrate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely right. Every person can benefit from sunshine, water, exercise, not smoking, not drinking in excess. I mean, there are other obviously common threads in all of those things, not, you know, eating less processed foods, trying to eat more whole foods and, and not to say you have to be extreme in any way on any of those things, but your gut health is extremely important and it is uh, the key to your immune system as well. So definitely important. So your website is aruka.com, A-R-U-K-A-H.com. You can find your mini course on there. Excuse me. So your mini course is on there and also uh, your certification and information on you as well. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah. One more thing is I think that what you did is exactly what everyone needs to do in order to heal. When you go to someone, they say, there's no cure for you. And this is my story too. If you sign up for the free mini course, I talk about that. They said to me too, when I thought I was dying, they were like, oh, there's nothing we can do for you. Sorry, here's some pills. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I took charge of my own health and I figured it out. 
and of course I relied on knowledge and information and so you know from from you know the various schools and you know healers that I learned from but that's exactly and I was and it was very experimental and people have to be sometimes a lot of a lot of times people are scared and they see the doctor as like a priest or something like you can't go against his word and people have to get rid of of that kind of mentality we have to realize that healing comes from within and be our own advocate and be our own advocate and our own healer our own our own doctor um i think it was uh thomas edison the inventor of the the light bulb he had a great quote let me end with this let me read his quote hold on just one second i have to i don't want, I don't want to mess it up so I to, i'm gonna look it up <laughs> um he said uh, the inventor of light, light bulb thomas edison said the doctor of the future will give no medicine but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame in diet and in the cause and prevention of disease and this is not what doctors do they don't educate their their um their 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 patients in this way so we're not at this future yet but it is a destiny of humanity and also hippocrates known as the father of medicine he said that the greatest medicine of all is teaching people how not to need it everyone has a doctor in him or her we just have to help it in its work and that's exactly what we teach at aruka.com is to how to unlock that inner healer and that's what a good health coach does and that's what you're doing with your podcast as well <clears throat> thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Mayim, for coming on the show. Uh, again, your uh, your website is aruka.com. I will post that in the show notes as well. And uh, I really appreciate all your information and what you do and being holistic and looking at people as a whole. It's We need it more than ever now and for the future. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.